0: Hey Ding Dongs, welcome back to The Good Play, a podcast about NBC's The Good Place. My name is Brianna, and with me on the line, she's sharing a plate of nachos with her mind-wipe former boyfriend, it's my sister Marissa.
1: I mean, I want nachos now. It's what you've done to me. I just well, want some nachos. Well, I always nachos.
0: try to pick something for your intro that I feel like you could riff off of. And I know you love nachos. And I know I you love, love nachos.
1: I do love nachos. I do love cheezy. Do I love cheezy or nachos more? Maybe nachos.
0: Nachos you can have in real life.
1: Yes. Thank you. Yes. That's it exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so it was like some sour cream and some guacamole.
0: Oh. Oh. Uh. Got to watch your dairy intake. I know that's the
1: thing about being old. I was at the grocery store the other day after my old kids you're were in bed.
0: Thirty-five,
1: <laughs> ancient, and I'm like checking out, and there's like a nice—I I, I don't know if I should call her an elderly lady, but she was a she was older lady checking me out, and and I I had bought all these ice cream sandwiches for my firstborn, and she was like, "Oh, you you like these?" And I was like, uh, "I can't really." My tummy doesn't really. And she's like, oh,
0: I understand. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> That's the ghost of ice cream future coming to visit you. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Just like, anyway.
1: Yeah, my kid likes some. <laughs> Youth is wasted on the young. <laughs> sweet, sweet summer child. Your ice yeah. cream sandwiches. Here we I are. Ice, I can eat a little bit of ice cream. I can a little bit of ice cream. I can. Yeah. I can. <laughs> I just can't. I just can't do what I did when I was uh, a teenager and literally down an entire pint of Ben and Jerry's fish food, among <laughs> the best ice creams to ever exist. That's a shame.
0: Yeah, that, that's a shame. Oh man, do you think there's lactose intolerance in the in the good place? Probably not, right? Because they have all there that. There
1: shouldn't be. You should be able to eat whatever you want and just. Well, that's why right. John happens. says
0: that in the last episode. He you says you you don't you get, get
1: fat or whatever, but like. I think I think we can also assume nobody gets diarrhea from eating <laughs> well, nachos no, wait,
0: except Jason. What? <laughs> what are you about to say? Do you remember? Apparently <laughs> not. In the episode where they're about to get on the hot air balloon. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. They're sitting I mean, I on the curb and they're eating the froyo and he talks about how he's he he's like, "Oh, I can't wait or like, you know, I'm going to miss Eating a lot of froyo and then having ice cold diarrhea from eating too much froyo and then oh eating God. more froyo. What do you? Not I remember No, I. Fr- <laughs> it's been like it's been like two years. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So and then I think somebody else was like, "Man, how did we not figure out this was the bad place yes.
1: from you?" That's and a then- good point. Like like the real good place that wouldn't happen. Right. Right.
0: right. And then um, Chidi was like, "They're currently eating Froyo." And Chidi's like, "Are you sure you want to be eating all that before we get on a hot air balloon <laughs> together?" No, thank you. And he's like, "Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, exactly."
1: <laughs> Jason, the 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 low key genius of Jason.
0: And I mean, that is a perfect segue into this episode. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh man. Um, before we get into Jason's genius and also how fine he looks in that suit at the end,
1: oh my goodness!
0: We're gonna—that's like ninety percent of my discussion. Nurse. Oh my god! <laughs> um, a little bit of housekeeping up front: you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and at GoodPlay.Cast.Rocks. You can please, uh, if you will, please rate and review us on iTunes. That would be great. Do we have any more reviews? I don't know. I will go check. We have a little bit of email and some tweets. Ooh, excellent. I love a little bit of email. And you can follow and like us on Facebook. Um, we have a group called The Good Play. Twitter, you can find us at The Good Play Pod, which uh, Marissa live tweets every new episode, which is really fun. And you can send us an email at thegoodplaypod at gmail.com. And looks like we do have some emails this week, so that's exciting.
1: You can search The Good Play in iTunes and we're not even on the first page. I mean it's not even it's
0: not even close. We gotta get our search engine optimization up.
1: I don't know how to do that in iTunes. Itunes? No, I don't either.
0: Well, our if you are searching for us, our avatar, like our, our sort of like image that comes up in iTunes is uh, a cup of froyo, actually. So, it is you know. Let's um, see. Uh Yes We got a new review. One new one new review. Yay. All right, let's Uh, see. Do I save it for the end?
1: You save it for the end.
0: Yeah. Hooray. Thanks everybody.
1: Or that 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 one one star review is still there.
0: That person's like, I'm sticking to my guns. <laughs> I don't like what you had to say about Age of Ultron or Ant Man and the Wasp. Ant Man and the Wasp was a treasure a of American cinematic cinema. masterpiece.
1: <laughs> I can't say it with a straight face. All right, before we get into the recap, are, did you do the housekeeping? You didn't.
0: I just literally just did. <laughs> oh, you did? Remember, I said that's the reason why you. Were I was looking busy up looking reviews. for the <laughs> iTunes reviews. Anyway, that's the top before, of our housekeeping.
1: Before we get into the recap, let's talk about the fighting temptations. Brianna, did you yes! see any of this?
0: No, sadly, I couldn't watch live this week, so you'll have to update me on <sighs> the fighting Temptations.
1: It was. I love this <laughs> so much. It was at least an order of magnitude worse than the five minute snippets I've seen previously. In what in what ways? I, I'm going to explain. So, okay. <laughs> first Anna Camp is proudly taking pictures of her deadbeat ex-husband and their son because they went hunting together but all they came up with was mushrooms. And that's supposed to be funny, I think. And then there is a very tall uh, sort of a guy who 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 seems very imposing, I guess, but he's the one who he's going to sort through the mushrooms and he's sorting through, like, you know, this is good, this is poisonous, this is psychedelic, and then someone comes and steals and then some other lady comes and grabs it and steals it. Ha ha ha. Then, so that's all. I mean, that's just, like, normal sitcom nonsense. I didn't have any idea what was going on. But then we go outside where Bradley Joshua Lyman Whitford <laughs> is... <laughs> That's naked. A, that's name. I'm sorry. Naked. What? Naked. What? Naked. What? In a tub of tomato juice, a large clawfoot tub outside in the elements, filled with tomato juice. Did he get scum, Bradley? At some point? Who knows or cares? He is naked in a tub of tomato juice. Some got one of the the fighting temptations says to him tomato juice is mostly water so you can just convert now and this can be your baptism cool what? that's not that's not uh that's not coercive at all that's fine that's cool and then some a woman who I'm sorry I have to describe as like a, uh, <laughs> like a grouchy black lady or a stern black lady you know just sort of like a stereotype of like a you know oh the white man over here do you know what I mean like a really kind of offensive stereotype of a black woman. Okay. Now goes over to Bradley Whitford as he's lying naked in a tub of tomato juice and tells him that she now accepts him as their choir director. And he's like, because I am the choir director. And she also gives him a a, a, a glass of vodka. So, and he, I'm not kidding. He dips the glass of vodka into the tomato juice. He's currently bathing in to make Ooh. himself a blood. Oh, I thank you. I almost vomited uh, to make Brad a bloody beard that he then in sips. It Bradley with her. <laughs> you're drinking your butt. <laughs> you're drinking your butt. Oh, oh, and then and then he says something about and then he says something about needing olives, and she says, "I see two little olives right there." She does. That's what she says. You really can't see the face I'm making right now. <laughs> and then he kind of glances down. He's like, "No, you can't." Like I, that's the show. Like I don't. What? How is this real? This is like a fever dream. That that <laughs> this, is Bradley uh, uh, this is a Whitford's fever dream. Bad place. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's a fever dream that an NBC executive had in like the year two thousand three. Like,
0: <sighs> it's so
1: bad. I think Bradley
0: Woodford, Yeah, I think this is his bad place. I think he's
1: someone's torturing him. If it's supposed to be a song, like a show where they're making money off of, like oh, like they're singing and people are like streaming the music or whatever. Why have I? Why do I almost never encounter a musical number? <laughs> like, like a big thing that Glee would do was that they had like a showstopper ever at the end of every say, episode. At the end
0: of the episode, you usually get like the big number that number. everybody's worried about yeah. the whole time and like did it make any sense? No. Did it sell CDs? Yeah.
1: You bet your ass it did. <laughs> I don't know, man. There That's... is no way in the good or bad place that this show lasts beyond this season. There's no way. It is
0: trash. I mean, woof. <laughs> the show after it, I I don't know quite either. It's called Sunnyside. It has... Cal Penn is in Pal it. Cal Penn. I was like, it has somebody famous That's in That's the it, only Cal person Penn. that I recognize from it. But um,
1: I've seen the first two minutes of most of those episodes, and I've been like,
0: oh, hard
1: pass. Nope, 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 I nope. I feel
0: that way, too, even though it's supposed to be set in Queens, in Sunnyside. But I, you know, I think it's about the sort of, like, deadbeat former political hopeful who is teaching... Recent immigrants for a citizenship test. I think yes, that's, that's what the I've point. gleaned
1: from my two-minute segments. Yes,
0: and I'm I'm just like, oh, if you don't handle this well, uh, a lot going on.
1: <laughs> yeah, what I caught
0: this <laughs> around week immigration was, right now. What
1: what I caught this week was Cal Penn trying to elicit the answer slavery from his students. Like Abraham Lincoln was famous for, you know. For and then when he finally has to say slavery, because they hilariously managed to come up with stovepipe hat but not slavery then they're like, ugh, way to bring everybody down. And I was like okay, I- okay. <laughs> I'm turning the television off now and I'm gonna go to bed and pull the covers up over my head What's NBC gonna do when The Good Place ends? I don't know <laughs> Nothing good. Okay. All right. So we're almost ready for the recap, except for there's one thing, which is that I slightly need to gloat, which is that I knew that Michael wasn't Vicky. I said that Michael was not an imposter or whatever. I said there's no way that someone from the bad place would be able to do the little, do the inspirational speech that Michael did and like all that stuff. And you and I both expressed like suspicion about Janet. I mean, what, like our main, but our main... Like, the main questions we had about how would Janet get swapped, like, most of them are still unanswered.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to have to talk about a lot of that.
1: Like, we um, talked about, like, that Janet was the much more suspicious of the two of them, but also that it was implausible for Janet to have been swapped out. And it's, like, still implausible for Janet to have been swapped out. Yeah. We also talked about Glenn last week. We talked yeah, about we did, did, Glenn. Yeah, because that was... Was it Rosie in the Facebook group who who said it might be Glenn coming in? Mm, I don't think so. Let me
0: check. I think she thought it was Trevor.
1: Somebody suggested Glenn. I just don't remember who it was.
0: Yeah, she said that people were acting suspiciously. She was suspicious of Janet. Rosie was also suspicious of Janet. That's on the Facebook group, guys. Join the Facebook group. Yeah. So I'm not... I mean, I'm just not sure. We're going to have to... Address some of our lingering concerns I think um, but yeah we I mean I, I think I will say that this episode actually did a really good job of making me doubt whether or not it was actually Michael but also at the same time wanting Michael to be the real Michael very badly yes
1: because I was yes. like
0: and I'm sort of like, give Ted Danson all the Emmys that he could just play all of those really subtle emotions over the past few episodes very well. But yeah. Just ima- I'm
1: imagining poor Dan- poor Ted Danson trying to leave like the Shriner Auditorium, but he's just weighed down in Emmys. He's just got one hanging off of every <laughs> every finger, and he's just like dragging his hands on the ground like, I can't move. Like, Mary, will you help me? And she's like, I didn't win them. They're yours. <laughs>
0: I, I imagine... I imagine uh, Manny Jacinto, like, trailing behind him, like, catching them and being like, I'll take him home for you because in my head, you know, he's still Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: yes, finally, it's recap time. Yeah. So the cold open of the show is a game of magical Pictionary with m- most of our people at this point, right? All of our people at this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's... Jason in disguise as John Yu to everybody except Cheedy who knows who he is. And Tahani and John are on one team, and they have those those shirts that have the the ampersands between everybody's name. I don't know what the genesis of those shirts are. I've seen so many versions at this point.
0: Yeah. I think it was originally for a band, but I'm not sure.
1: Okay. Somebody Google Ampersand shirts. The other team is Simone, Cheedy, and Brent. And the prompts that they have, it's supposed to be like a getting to know you game. I don't know how they got all these humans to be, like, the only people playing this and none of the Janet babies, but, like, whatever. So the prompts are, like, things that have to do with your life on Earth. You know, Eleanor's telling them, like, things that have to do with your life on Earth, So, but, like, from the other people, so they get to know you better or whatever. So Tahani draws a butterfly and John's like, it's Mariah Carey's butterfly back tattoo. That was my that was my what well, my senior thesis in college was on. And it's that like, John. Was hilarious. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> and then Chidi is drawing a pony with a bow around its neck. And Simone realizes, oh, that's my childhood pony Daisy. And so the the conceit of this, it's magic. It comes to life when someone guesses it right. So the butterfly kind of Lifts up off the page and flaps around and lands on Jason. The pony, because Chidi's not very good at drawing, is an eldritch horror. <laughs> <laughs> that manifests. It's like seven feet tall. And it, I mean, it appears to be like teddy bear fluffy, but also enraged and <laughs> rabid and you know, Picasso-ish in its features and it just starts charging everybody. It needs and... the butterfly. <laughs> oh, did I miss that? Yeah. That's pretty great. So Eleanor's like, ugh, like, they're regathering it at, at Mindy's house and Eleanor's like, ugh, like, that didn't work and we haven't had a good activity in, like, three weeks and, like, let's stay up all night and brainstorm and Michael's like, no, how about you, like, you know, take a break and it's gonna be okay and, then like, we'll have a slumber party and then... There's like this alert that comes in that says unknown train approaching. They go to the train station. There's a hooded figure and it turns out to be Glenn, which I was like, oh, we did talk about that last week. Yeah. Like I feel very smart. I mean, I didn't think of it, so I don't I shouldn't feel smart. I feel lucky that we happen to see someone else mention that. Mm <laughs> hmm. So he wants to talk to Eleanor alone. Eleanor doesn't won't allow it. Glenn says it's gonna be socially awkward. Eleanor doesn't care. So then Glenn just announces in front of everybody that Michael is not Michael, but is instead Vicky in a Michael suit. So this is a Michael the Michael suit that we saw at the end of season three that Glenn helped to design. So they all go back to Mindy's I mean, this is almost this is almost a bottle episode. Like the 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 opening scene and when she meets up with Chidi are like just outside but by and large this episode takes place inside of Mindy's house
0: mm-hmm. so again Eleanor's very like, very little with the rest of our humans oh
1: yeah Brent and Simone so there is a funny moment with Brent and Simone that we didn't mention that was pretty great where Chidi gets up to draw and Brent's like, come on, brother. And Simone's just like, oh, no, 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 no." (laughs) So Eleanor's like, Michael, don't worry about it. Like, I trust you. And like, we're just gonna, we'll pretend that, you know, I'm taking this guy seriously, but don't worry about it. And Glenn's like, we have to call the judge. Eleanor's like, if we call the judge, she's gonna reset the whole thing and like, we're gonna lose all the progress we've made. And I don't know if it's at this point, but at some point, Tahani says, "Like it would just be exhausting to restart this point." Uh, which is she like
0: says, she says it later.
1: Well, it's fun. It, it applies equally now, and it's sort of like it would it would be exhausting for them. It also it would kind of be exhausting for the audience. Yeah. Like it's almost a meta commentary Oof. of like, please yeah. please please don't like I can't I don't want to get to know Brent all over like no <laughs> no not. <laughs> So, Jason's like interrogating Glenn and. Jason is, you know, not the brightest crayon until he is. And he's sort of questioning the authenticity of Glenn. And Glenn says, you know, I was fine with my job because they told me that all humans were terrible and evil and irredeemable and had to be punished. But I don't know if I believe that anymore. And that was a very, I mean, I thought that was a pretty profound, like, oh, again, like these demons have free will. They are not just sort of mindless Torturers, yeah. And so I mean, it's this, really interesting. This is
0: exactly what we were talking about uh, in our season four preview episode, right? Be- because when we watched the um, the webisodes, we had an inkling that Glenn might defect because you know he's being treated poorly and he's questioning the validity of the bad places methods and all those kinds of things. So it, it I thought this was a really nice moment to be like and Eleanor, you know, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but Eleanor later says like not all demons are bad, you know, Michael's a demon, right? So right. like they are willing to accept that demons can come around, which I think is really interesting.
1: I I'll say and maybe the bad place is very canny and they kind of and they kind of make it so that a demon like Glenn who obviously doesn't have the courage of his, of the evil convictions. Like, so that that a demon like Glenn doesn't see this, but like, how, how did Glenn ever believe that like an infant or a toddler was evil and irredeemable beyond redemption? Do you know what I mean? Like all the stuff as usual falls apart
0: when children enter the equation. Well, we've never seen any children. So I don't think that they're, you know, it's possible that, I don't know. But I, I think you tend to look at all this stuff through the lens of babies and children when we talk about <laughs> nope. this. But yep. in the world of the show, we have not seen any. So, But Mike sure said that
1: early on in an interview. Like, implicitly, yes, there are children there, but we know that we can never refer to it or show it because it would take the tone of the show in a completely different direction that we do not want it to go in.
0: Right. So... But what I'm saying is, like, we are supposed to look at Glenn or Sean or any of them as, I think in this case, particularly Glenn, you know, he said that one of his jobs used to be reinflating penises so that they could get flattened again. (laughs) This is, this is again, this is something that we talked about last episode too, where the bad place is so absurdly bad that it takes the edge off of the actual horrors. Whereas I think you, when we like talk about the bad place, get very, um, fixated caught up. Yeah. Fixated on the actual horrors that they would be inflicting on innocent people. And I think, you know, I hear that, but I think for this thought exercise, like you got to let it go a little bit.
1: <sighs> Fine. So Glenn's explaining, like I made the Michael suit. I've seen Vicky try on the Michael suit. And I saw uh, Sean call Michael while Vicky was wearing the Michael suit, like, on a video call. And, like, Michael saw this suit, so he knows about it. And Eleanor's like, shh, obviously you're lying, because Michael would have mentioned that to me. And then, and Glenn, and, and Michael's like, yeah, I would have mentioned it, yeah. And then Glenn's like, well, Janet will have the call records. And Michael's like, I might have not mentioned it. <laughs> like He instantly caves, like, yeah. he knows that... Janet would be able to call, like, although I guess, she, as it turns out, she wouldn't, but whatever.
0: Well, that was, I thought that would have been interesting to be like, oh, yeah, there's no record of that call, right? Because, as we'll find out later, Janet was uh, not who we thought she was. Dun, dun, dun. Ah. And, but Eleanor's still
1: like, I still, you know, I don't want to call the judge. I don't want to reset the whole thing. So Eleanor's like, you know, she basically has to break it to Michael that, like, this has stopped being a fun thing where, like, I'm pretending to not trust you so that we can get information out of Glenn. And, like,
0: now I legit
1: don't trust you. So she... What what were you going to say?
0: Can I say my favorite? We skipped over my favorite Jason line from this scene. Oh, yeah. Where she's like... Eleanor's like, there's a lot we still don't know. And he goes, that's right. Like, if you're the devil, how come you're not wearing Prada? <laughs>
1: <sighs> Jason...
0: And then Eleanor, like, throws him a caramel.
1: Oh, yeah, just to get him to be quiet.
0: He was like, sweet, a caramel. I was like, oh, my God. So cute.
1: <laughs> so Eleanor, like, separates Glenn and Michael, puts them in different rooms. So importantly, it, it, it seems like it's throwaway in the moment, but she puts Michael into Mindy's bedroom where all the adult toys are. Derek kind of, like, chimes in from nowhere the way that Janet does. Um, he's in a he's in a all white tuxedo, <laughs> white shirt and white tie. He's looking good. He's looking good for Zooks. I mean, Zooks just looks like a weirdo, but he's
0: looking <laughs> good for Zooks. Do you think and, they made this character grosser because it was Jason Mancus? He says uh, some pretty quite possibly, gross stuff in
1: this episode. Quite possibly.
0: So he so. In what seems like
1: just a like a gross out thing, Derek is pointing out their various sex toys, which includes a pair of magnetic handcuffs. And he's like, "Oh, these make me feel all loopy, right?" Because that's the thing with Janet and Janet babies—like magnets make them go uh, like drunk, basically.
0: Yeah, we've seen that before.
1: Yeah, many times. So, so th- those are in Mindy's bedroom. And yeah, it's like uh, they're they're. Um, they're, they're the they're Chekhov's gun. They're Chekhov's um, pink fuzzy handcuffs. <laughs> Chekhov's sex toy? Chekhov's Chekhov sex toy. Thank you. Yes. So <clears throat> Michael admits to Eleanor, okay, like I lied about the phone call and Eleanor's like, you told me that, you know, you let me have the leadership of here because, you know, I had to step up or whatever. Like you told me you were faking the freak out. In fairness to Michael... He didn't say that. She made that leap, and he was like, yes. Like, he did not say, he did not come forward with that first. You know, she she assumed.
0: No, uh, but I can see where she's coming from.
1: I mean, I would be mad too, right? I'm yeah. just saying, like, it, it's a it's a weird charge to levy at him, this particular one.
0: Well, the interesting thing about Michael in this episode, for me, is that, like, the situation he's in, I know it's all fantastical, of course, but... The situation he's in of, like, telling little white lies to try and spare someone or try and, like, get out of an awkward situation or any of these things are just the most, like, relatable human bullshit human. Yeah. ever. So, you know, when she gets upset with him for lying, like, this is the kind, you know, Eleanor, first season Eleanor would have been, like, totally fine with the fact that he's a grifter right? But now it's a different story because the
1: weight of the world is on her shoulders.
0: Yeah, totally. But it is very I thought it was interesting because it's a very human situation he finds himself in and I know Yeah, I saw
1: one review saying like, oh, he kind of reverted to his demon self and I was like no, 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 no. (laughs) This is what humans do. Oh, yeah. totally. (laughs) This is extremely human. So Michael's hypothesis which turns out to be wrong is that Sean sent Glenn to undermine the group's trust in each other. And and so Eleanor's okay, Eleanor's like, "Okay, I don't know who to believe." So like, "Janet, can you make a demon lie detector?" And Janet's like, "Uh, maybe I can try." So Glenn so, you know, Eleanor's basically like, "Glenn, how would this switch have even happened?" And it's the thing that we have said since like the first episode of the season, which is that when they went on the train with Chris, they Sort of like when one of them, when either Michael or Janet was, you know, sort of stepped away for a moment, they kind of bagged Michael and replaced him with Vicky in the Michael suit. And and I think he makes the he makes the case here. I think that when Chris got back to the bad place, that they were like high fiving, like he and Sean were high
0: fiving. They were celebrating him, yeah. which I mean. The guy who plays Chris Baker looks great in that suit. <laughs> okay, Woo-hoo. I don't All know right.
1: how you can pay attention to him when Jason is in a suit at the end of the episode. I but mean, whatever.
0: Jason looks better, but <laughs> so
1: Eleanor says to Michael, "Like, look, we can just prove this. Like, just take off your human suit, and then there's either Vicky underneath or there's like your real self underneath. So that and like, so just go ahead and do that, and we'll know." And Michael's like, "Yeah, I'm not doing that." And Eleanor is like, that's super suspicious. And he's like, yeah, I know, but I am a fire squid. You know, I'm just, I'm like a 6,000 foot tall fire squid with like juices coming out. And it's just, and you'd never look at me the same way again. And it's so, it's such an affecting performance from Ted Danson. Oh God.
0: That was like, he was like, well, I don't want to ruin the experiment, but also you would never want to be friends with something like that. And it was just so... It was it was pretty funny, though, when he said, you know, I don't
1: want to, you know, show you what I look like underneath this. And Eleanor said something thing like, I've seen a lot of weird hogs, yeah.
0: dude. But then also, it's, <laughs> it's like, it's the something that The Good Place does so well, which is you have this really beautiful, genuine, emotional moment. And then something else comical happening at the exact same time with, you know, he's like, I'm a fire squid. And he's like, finally telling them what his form is like and he's so he, you can tell that it's not necessarily that he's ashamed but that he knows what it will do and he is afraid of this changing the friendship and that kind of thing meanwhile he's like do you really want to be friends with something like that and jason the whole time has been like <laughs> dope that's so cool and yes. so when he says like would you really want to be friends with th- with that Jason's like, I'm telling you I would. Yeah, it's like... like, I've been saying the whole time. <laughs> Again, Jason for the win in this episode, just coming through. Yeah. And Jason, look,
1: Jason would not discriminate against a fire squid.
0: No. Like, he, that's,
1: like, that's clear. I think that's clear. Uh,
0: he's just an adorable little, yeah. Yeah.
1: So they're like, okay, let's try this demon lie detector thing. They take this little, it looks like a, like a I don't know, just like a little kitchen gadget or something and they pointed at Glenn they and they they have him answer a question, they pointed at Glenn and
0: he explodes. I did by the way, did not see this one coming. I, visibly like I I like jumped a little bit. I was very surprised. He explodes into
1: blue goo that gets everywhere. And 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 they're like, oh my God, we killed Glenn and Michael's like, No, 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 demons can't die. Like he's just gonna kind of go through, he's going to reconstitute and he's going to go through the stages of like development for, you know, like a demon which is, I mean, it's it's funny, I don't remember what it is but it's like, sort of like larva, pupa like uh, creepy little boy creepy, creepy, little, teenage, girl, creepy, creepy little girl, creepy little boy, boy uh, um, social media CEO
0: yeah, and then, <laughs> and then and back... a, a head full of tongues or something like that too yeah, at some point right.
1: And So Michael's like, don't worry about it. Like he'll he'll be back at some point, in, like in a couple months.
0: Which I'm glad about because I liked. I was like, yeah, I no, liked Glenn too. He
1: he's like he's coming over to their side. He's right. basically becoming a cockroach. Like we gotta get him, you know, yeah. get him fully on our side. And so Michael's like, great, you know, like <laughs> basically like great. Uh, we've we've handled that. And Eleanor's like, no, what? No. So she's like, don't and don't anybody leave the house. And she leaves the house. She goes and finds Chidi, who is obsessively practicing his drawing skills so that he will not create any more horrific eldritch horrors. And, you know, Eleanor and Chidi get a plate of nachos. And they're in, she says, you know, this is the best thing that humanity has invented. You know, of my studies of humanity. She kind of gets to play Michael for a little bit. Yeah. And Chidi's kind of surprised by that. You know, Sistine Chapel? She's like, nope. Nachos. <laughs> it's, it's It's this. And, you know, she's like, oh, you are, you know, she sees him, like, trying to redraw and she's, and he, she says something like, oh, yeah, she says, you know, making the world a little worse for yourself so you can make it better for everybody else. That's very cheaty. And she obviously feels, like, very calmed and centered by this interaction with him, even though, you know, he doesn't realize what's going on. You know, she needed, like, his grounding influence to be able to, like, function at all. Mm meanwhile Janet and Jason are in the house and Janet I think understandably is like I I feel really bad that I killed him <laughs> like I feel Ugh, like Ugh, I had to vacuum up all this goo or whatever and Jason kind of comforts her and they hug and he calls her girl and she does not respond with not a girl and I will admit I I did notice that oh in I the didn't. moment I, didn't. I did I He calls her girl, and I'm like, well, now here's where she says not a girl, and she didn't, and I was like, oh, that's interesting, but I kind of thought it was just like, I didn't didn't put two and two together on that one. Mm -hmm. So Eleanor comes back and says, all right, we have to call the judge. Like, I don't think we have a choice here, and Michael's like, we do have a choice. I will blow myself up. When I reconstitute in a couple months, like, you'll have, like, moved past it or whatever, and you'll know. I mean, I think his point is that They'll know when he reconstitutes that it really is him. I don't think he says that outright, but is that? Am I sort of?
0: I I just I mean, took will it they as... though?
1: Wouldn't he reconstitute as a fire squid?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I think I just took it as
1: like getting. He's sort of writing himself out of the equation because right. I think you know Eleanor says something like, "We could just like put you in a room or whatever," and he's like, "No, no, no. You would think that I would escape. So let's just you know." Let's just get rid of me, basically.
0: He's so concerned about Eleanor's well being. And the and, experiment. And the experiment. And he's so concerned about that that he's willing to again. this is another like Ted Dance and Emmy moment where he's like pointing himself he's pointing the kitchen gadget at himself. And he's like kind of giving them instructions of, like, make sure you get all my goo up because, like, I don't want to come back shorter. That would be a real bummer. And then he says... Uh, <laughs> Although it would be 6,000 feet tall, being 5,000 feet tall is what I'd say <laughs> the end of the world. And he's like, he's like, I wish I could say this under better circumstances, but uh, take it sleazy. And like, And I had this... And you can tell, too, that everybody else in the room at that moment wants to stop him, but they don't... Like, Eleanor is looking at him like, I want to stop you, but I feel really conflicted because... I've asked, you know, I've said that I can't trust you. And so, like, I've, you know, it, it's this very affecting moment, I thought. Absolutely. Literally,
1: as he's about to push the self-destruct button, Jason goes, no, and takes Chekhov's pink fuzzy handcuffs and slaps them on Janet, who instantly turns into bad Janet and is like, oh, nards or whatever she says. <laughs> <Nards>. <laughs> <laughs> It's bad Janet. It's been bad Janet all along. Jason says he realized it when he called her girl and she didn't respond, not a girl, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. The thing that Glenn said happened on the train happened just it was on Janet instead of on Michael.
0: Yeah, so there was no, I think importantly, like there was no ill intent on Glenn's side to like mix them up. He literally thought he knew something was wrong. He thought it was one he thing. He saw Chris and Sean high-fiving each
1: other. And he was like, oh, they must have yeah, put Vicky in the Michael suit and switched her, switched right. her into Michael's place. Not realizing that they had done something else instead. Yeah, I mean, it, it could have been like 12-dimensional chess where Sean knew that Glenn was going to defect. And he thought that, you know, it's really bad Janet, but... Glenn going there will make them, you know, basically put Michael out of circulation. And then Janet will be able to have even more bad influence. But it's not 12-dimensional chess. It's genuinely Glenn grew a conscience and made a mistake. So Janet, our Janet has been marbleized by bad Janet. I'm so upset. Yeah, it's not good.
0: So it's uh very upset.
1: And, and Michael's like, wait a minute, we all know, and this was one of my objections in the last episode. Yeah. We all know that bad Janets can't impersonate good Janets because their faces melt. And bad Janet's like, uh, Sean rebooted me 40 million times. <laughs> so, oh, okay. <laughs>
0: That'll that, that might do it. I like it. She's like, oh, I'm sorry, you're so smart. <laughs> like, she's <just>, <laughs> the best. <laughs> I hope Darcy Carton has a good time playing Bad Janet. So
1: so my question is. And we'll, we'll wrap up the recap in a minute, but like, do you think, so I'm sure Darcy Carden knew from the jump that she was not herself,
0: but did the rest of,
1: but did the rest of the cast know is the question.
0: Ooh, I don't
1: know. But the, but the humans start to have realizations about like, oh wait, she did tell me to punch John in the face. And she did bring Chidi's eldritch horror to life. Like,
0: yeah.
1: She's been doing a lot of really weird things lately.
0: Well, and importantly, I think Jason is like, oh, Janet didn't break up with me. Her weird yeah. sister did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Nor did she tell him. And this was a big thing that a lot of people cited, including you and me, that yeah. that Blake Bortles left the
0: Jaguar. Right. And that was something that Rosie said on the Facebook group. Like, why pile on and tell him that, the, that Blake Bortles left? That seems unnecessarily cruel.
1: Yes, and we did mention that. Yeah. yeah. Like that yeah. was it was always like a bit of suspicion, but I think it was and I I'm sure they wrote it this way. It was easy to chalk up to overtaxing her her systems, which we have to
0: talk about. Yeah, and so- I also wonder Oh wait. She was overtaxed before she got switched, right? I
1: uh, I think so, but I don't know
0: because that could potentially if if it if all of that stuff happened after she got switched
1: right that could be a way that she was deflecting oh wait no
0: she was overtaxed before she got switched because she was they had that whole conversation about setting up for flying day and she was like great another thing i have to do and then yes 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 yes. day was when chris baker punched everybody in the face so yes that was actually her okay
1: (laughs) which just raises a whole bunch of other questions yeah
0: i agree i agree but Michael's like, Eleanor,
1: you still don't know that I'm really me. And Eleanor's like, no, I, I do know. You are willing to sacrifice yourself for the good of everybody else. And that's the most Michael thing you could do, right? She, like, she knows Michael the way she knows Cheaty. Now, she knows Cheaty biblically, <laughs> which is not how she knows Michael.
0: Yeah. But, like, it turns out. I don't want to of read that, any of your fan fiction, anybody. No, that's I'm... a hard no, everybody.
1: That is a hard no. He's a fire squid, anyway. But <laughs> uh, let's not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, like,. The way that, you know, she has this, like, sort of deep platonic intimacy with Michael, and she knows him through and through, and now she, now, you know, his gesture of offering to sacrifice himself has convinced her, like, yes, this is, yeah, he screwed up, he lied, and it's the Michael that I know and love, and it's, you know, we're gonna get through this.
0: And he's done it before, right? Like, he's sacrificed himself for the group before, so. Yes. Yeah.
1: In a great, it was a great episode. Yeah. He did it multiple times, actually. So, Bad Janet, who is, like, loopy because of the magnetic handcuffs, is like, oh, yeah, your Janet's in the bad place. And Jason gives this very, and it's not funny at all, like, this very sort of, like, you know, like, the only thing, a, Sean's a bully, and the only thing a bully understands is getting punched in the face, and I'm going to go punch him in the face. And I was like, okay.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, Manny has seemed to like, finally, I get some range to play with. <laughs> so...
1: You see Jason in his unbelievable oh, bad oh. place outfit. I mean, he just, oh, he just looks so amazing. He on Glenn's handcart so with Michael. Fine. And is Michael wearing, like, Glenn's hood or something? I, I mean, think he's wearing
0: his trench coat from when he was
1: <laughs> Dick Tracy or whatever <laughs> in season three. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They get on the handcart. They're like, we're going to go get Janet back. And, like, you know and elnor's like you know godspeed basically <laughs>
0: they both Off are they like go. we don't know if this is going to work but we're we'll try and yeah. then i loved this last oh and they have that... the and they have the fish tank with glenn in it too oh yeah and and they um, must have they must have bad janet right maybe they marbleized her
1: maybe they marbleized her i don't know I, yeah
0: but i loved this last line where michael says let's go get our girl and i was like oh and jason goes not a girl and i was like <laughs> and i just i was like you you both love her so much again in different ways but you both in love different her ways, so yes. <laughs> much it's so nice we like strong friendships if, yeah what? i i was going to say we don't know if uh, jason and and janet ever figured out how to have sex <laughs> <laughs>
1: even if they didn't it was a still. It was a romantic, asexual thing of beauty. <laughs> yes.
0: So, should we dive in? I think we've got a lot of questions. Oh
1: yeah, please.
0: Number one, how is the neighborhood still running if our Janet is marbleized in the bad place? Yep. Uh, unclear. Because you had said last week, and I agreed with you that if something had happened to Janet. Especially being marbleized because being marbleized kills like forever kills doesn't her k- like takes her out kill of commission her. takes her out of
1: commission sure it basically puts her in sleep mode or whatever you want to call it I mean if you want to think of her like a computer it kind of puts her in sleep mode
0: but I just mean like she's not rebooted or anything it's right she is contained somewhere where she can't be of use to anybody especially if that then like you had said last week well if something had happened to Janet then the neighborhood would have glitched. We would have seen something happen and there was nothing happen happening on the train platform. Nothing happened at the end of that episode suspicious, like other than this sort of like weird, you know, placement of people and this sort of like funky handoff situation. But it's not like the neighborhood flickered in and out. And then Janet was like, huh, that's strange. Okay, let me get back to work. Like nothing like that.
1: So, so I don't even I don't even think that the necessarily the neighborhood should have because like Janet has left the good place before. Like she went to Mindy's, right, with Eleanor at least once. But
0: that was when she had built the neighborhood, but she wasn't running all the other residents.
1: Well, but that's what I mean. Like I don't think the scenery should have flickered. But what should have happened is that all the residents basically powered down like, you know, like uh, audio animatronics at Disney after closing time.
0: Yeah. No, I I agree. That's what I would expect, too, because you can't or they should have from that time on been acting really weird. Like we should have seen some weird behavior at the luau. Because I would anticipate, okay, if they if they didn't power down and somehow bad Janet is able to keep all of them running, they wouldn't be behaving like good Janet would have them behave, right? They would all be a little nastier to each other, probably. You would think so.
1: No, we do have some communiques on this subject.
0: Okay.
1: So Ian, listen, our faithful listener Ian says it's all Derek holding it together. Which is possible. I mean, she did join forces with Derek to make them right.
0: Oh yeah. And he has been rebooted (laughs) a bunch.
1: Yeah. So, right. So if they were using like their powers combined and then good Janet goes out of commission and now Derek is kind of holding it all together. Like you would kind of expect them to the residents to be kind of dumber and more incomprehensible, but not evil. Right. Yeah.
0: I I hadn't thought about that.
1: Uh, someone uh, with the Twitter handle, at least die alive said, I don't think Janet actively maintains the neighborhood. She doesn't actively control Derek. I simply think that was bad. Janet's excuse to not help people when they needed her. I think you've, you've pretty effectively demolished that by saying in the first episode, when it was still her, she was complaining about the mental load. So that's not an excuse. That's very real.
0: Yeah. I, yes, that's, I, I do think that is true. We don't hear Bad Janet complaining as much about that stuff. But Probably because wa- she's
1: putting way less effort into
0: it. Yeah, but that's the thing, is that good Jan- our Janet would, you know, feel the weight of the experiment on her shoulders. Whereas Bad Janet, clearly DGAF, so, you know.
1: Trifton, faithful listener Trifton also wrote in, and he's like, just had a series of like, since bad Janet is caught who was operating the Janet babies good Janet from her marble can she do that bad Janet was and how will they act now with her in mag cuffs otherwise known as checkoffs pink handcuffs Pink fuzzy <laughs> handcuffs right which is just all the and like I don't know I don't think Janet can do anything from inside her marble I think I don't that think she's so either completely out of out of the out of the equation I
0: agree and so like and also we don't know if it's possible to unmarbleize a Janet uh, we don't. No, we've never seen it. Is that true? Yes, there oh, was okay. a in in a previous episode. There was a marbleized Janet, where this was in the episode where our Janet dressed up as a bad Janet, pretended to be a bad Janet, and handed Michael what he thought was a marbleized version of our Janet. Hmm. But that turned out to be a ruse that she made up because she had to throw off Sean. And and so that marbleized version of Janet wasn't real. Was we, was marbleization the thing that
1: Janet was encouraging Michael to do to her yes. in the J- Janet and Michael episode?
0: Yes. That's where we first heard about it.
1: Oh, okay. That She did make it seem rather permanent, didn't she?
0: Yes. That... She's like, this is... And she also makes it seem like this is the last resort. Yes. And also she encouraged it in the episode where she was... um, That really wonderful episode where she played all of the characters. Oh, yeah. And they were all in her void. She was worried about ripping apart. And she's like, you have to marbleize me right now. And he said, what's going to happen to the humans? And she says, I have no idea, but better better that than like what I think I'm about to do which is like erupt them all out here and so she starts to feel better because Chidi and Eleanor are kissing she starts to feel better the moment that he that Michael is about to put the paper clip in her ear so we've never experienced Janet being marbleized but every time we've gotten close it is it is doomsday like, o'clock exactly yeah. it's the last resort and so i don't know that it is killing her but it is definitely taking her out of commission and neutralizing all of her powers and it's potentially not reversible well if she told michael to
1: do it in that episode where she played everybody i assume it is reversible
0: but we've never had an explanation of how. When no. she When it was introduced to us, it was not like, this is a temporary thing that can be undone. It's like, this is, it's doomsday o'clock. I'm glitching. You need to end it. She literally says to him in that Janet and Michael episode, kill me. You have to kill me.
1: Yes. But killing a, not a robot, not a girl, is a little bit more complicated, especially in the afterlife, than killing so. something else.
0: But so I, think tri- it just, I think for our purposes, it just means that There's no way she could be running the neighborhood from inside a marble. No,
1: no, I don't believe that she could.
0: Tripson's other question
1: was, and I thought about this too, and I couldn't come up with an answer. Like, was bad Janet turning Glenn into goo? Did she do that on purpose? I thought she did. I kind of think she did too.
0: I thought she did. Because I thought that... Although he has it as
1: a false equivalent. He said, or is Michael really Vicky and Glenn really a defector? I think Glenn is really a defector. I think he was just wrong.
0: I agree. <laughs> he's
1: he's allowed to be wrong, right? He's, the evidence he saw was, I made a Michael suit. I saw Chris the mailman high-fiving Sean after he got kicked out. He put two and two together and was like, and he happened to come up with the wrong answer, but like, he came up with a reasonable answer.
0: Right. And the fact that I think Bad Janet turned exploded him on purpose to get him out of the way, because when she's doing her like Scooby-Doo villain I almost got away with it, except for you meddling kids' speech at the yeah. end. She said, like, you know, everything was going great until stupid Glenn here showed up, and then Glenn right. kind of like bubbles up, like he's trying to say yes. something. And She's I was like, shut up,
1: Glenn, you're the so, worst.
0: So I think that was her trying to be like, well, let's neutralize this threat, let's get rid of it, hoping that because, you know, there could have been a moment Michael says, well, now that that's out of the way, like, we can just move past this. And it's only Eleanor that says, no, 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 no. We can't move past this yet. Because I think, like, from Tahani's perspective, she doesn't want to start over because she's the one who says this, is, this would be so exhausting to start over. You know, and... Speaking for everyone in the audience. Thank yeah. you, Tahani. And Jason is so trusting. You know, he at the beginning was like, well, I think we should trust Michael.
1: No, then he says we should trust both of them. Both of <laughs> Which turns out, by the way, which turns out to be correct.
0: I mean, Jason is low-key the wisest person on this show. I think we've stumbled onto a lot of uh, instances where he turns out to be right, even though we're all surprised that he's right. But yeah, we should trust both of them. Something is wrong. Sean was sabotaging something, but it just turns out that he guessed the wrong person or wrong entity in the equation. So... But I think I think Janet did that on purpose. Bad Janet.
1: I think so too, and it's probably because if she, <laughs> a, a, a lie detector would have caused problems for her, I think. Yeah. Right, if it becomes like, well, they're both telling the truth. That's interesting. Well, what exactly? You know, they're they're basically un- slowly uncovering the truth. Yes. But she also can't make a fake lie detector or something because it, it, what's the first thing you do when you give someone a lie detector, right? You do some like control questions, right? Mm-hmm. You, you, put a lie, you put the magical lie detector on them and you say, what's your name? How old are you? What's your favorite color? So she can't just make something that says, oh, this one's always lying and this one's always telling the truth or something like that because she can't predict what questions are going to be asked. So like basically her only choice at this point is to make it a weapon.
0: Right. And I thought she did a really convincing job of looking shocked and feeling bad. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: interesting because I was like, oh, does she genuinely feel bad because Glenn is a colleague? And then, like, no, she hates Glenn. Okay, whatever.
0: (laughs) I mean, she hates everyone. She has no regard for anybody. I think she likes Sean. I don't know what bad Janet liking someone looks like, to be honest. Uh, Farting in their face, I think? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I just, I have a lot of questions and I'm also nervous about them, this is a and d term, but I'm nervous about them splitting the party, you know? I'm oh, nervous. absolutely. I'm nervous about, you know, Eleanor trying to keep things together in the neighborhood. I'm nervous about Michael voluntarily going back into the bad place to find Janet. I mean, it's very noble of him, but it opens him up to you know, I'm nervous for him now in a way that I wasn't before. Right? Because For Michael. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, this is the last season. (laughs) Sure is. This is not a situation where we're like, well, you know, I think when he sacrificed himself before they went to the judge through the portal, there was a part of me that was like... Portals! Right. There was a part of me that was, like, wrenched by that, and there was another part of me that was like, well, you know, we're coming back. I would have, I mean, I remember us talking about how, like, I would have liked to see him have to go through some real trials and tribulations, but we weren't worried about never seeing him again. Right. Yes. This is the last season. Yeah, but come on. He's getting
1: that series regular money. Don't worry about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but, like, how long are they going to be in the bad place? We don't know. This was the fourth episode of a 13-episode season. Yeah, it
1: could legit be a while. Uh, The next week, of course, is the episode we've been waiting for that's called Employee Employee of the Baramy.
0: Is that Jason trying to pretend to be a Bad Place
1: employee? Almost certainly. (laughs) (laughs) And the synopsis is, Michael and Jason hatch a plan. Eleanor learns firsthand the difficulties of running the neighborhood. Which, like, how? How? How is she supposed to run the neighborhood without Janet? It's not... Oh, no. (laughs) You're absolutely right. And that is going to be a shirt show.
0: (laughs) He's going to show up in like, at this rate with the way his outfits are going, he's going to show up next episode in like an Elton John
1: outfit. Or like a royal, yeah, like he's the king or something. Yeah. Oh,
0: my gosh. Saturday, (laughs) Saturday, (laughs) Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be Derek, right? There's nobody else who can help her. Yeah,
1: it does have to be Derek. Because, like, the residents need things, right? (laughs) Like, they can't just be like, oh, uh, the magical assistant is on vacation. So if you need, like, a book, I'm afraid that you can't have that.
0: Right. I mean, you could almost say, like, with the Janet babies, they, they... They need to be powered up, but they don't need anything because they don't eat or sleep or whatever. They're they're not sure. Um, but yeah, the Simone and Brent and Cheaty are going to need stuff and want things. And so, but I mean, do, Brent
1: is going to need and want horrible things from Janet. Do you, I
0: mean, look, I, J,
1: bad Janet is the worst, but even she does not deserve whatever no. Brent has been
0: <laughs> well, so Jana in this episode says, well, "I'm just glad he's stopped asking me to get dinner so we could talk about my career." Ugh, so gross. Um, but do you think next episode is going to be Derek bringing basically like he's the chaotic yes. good uh, version of Janet? So he's yes, going to be bringing absolutely. people stuff. I mean, but it's going to be like a ham sandwich <laughs> or just like
1: it's, it's more chaotic neutral, I think. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like I'm not
1: at all sure that he's actually going to answer people's requests reasonably.
0: <laughs> no, and also interesting Interest. I would be interested to see him interact with Brent.
1: Oh, sweet, sweet lord, that's going to be a situation. Both gross in different ways. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe Derek can teach Brent about the beauty of sexual congress with a woman who is giving enthusiastic consent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Mindy and Brent need to get together. Oh my God. <laughs> because, now that's because Mindy, a
1: combination.
0: Like, Mindy is sort of, you know, she's like 80s power suit, you know, only look out for number one. I All I want to do is take cocaine. I, there might be a little bit of a, Shared ground, yeah. Yeah, in a way that there are there is not with our other humans. Now they're not going to make each
1: other better. I'll tell you that right now.
0: No, but I mean,
1: <laughs> uh, that would be very weird and
0: very interesting.
1: <laughs> and then what is Derek's raison d'être at that point?
0: Maybe he can make himself a girlfriend.
1: Oh wow. It's, it's like, uh, it's, it's an Ouroboros at that point.
0: <laughs> and just keep the fuzzy handcuffs <laughs> for himself. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, do you have anything else before we wrap up? Um, Just Manny Jacinto in that suit. Just one one more time for the everybody in the back. I just, he's- It's incredible. So attractive. He must like put a, he knows he looks good, right? When he puts that yes. on. I mean, but I think I think Wardrobe
1: was like, I really want to I want to hit this one out of the park. Like, when he, the first time around. Like, this is yeah. his old outfit from yeah. when they pretended to be all their alter egos, and they all looked amazing, but he looked the most amazing. Yes. I think Wardrobe at that point was just like, I think we can really just... I think I've got... Wait a minute. Let me just see. Really like, like, Let's try this. We put this like, poor
0: guy in sweatsuits for, like, the entire series. Like, let's just... Track get suits, one. yeah. Yeah, track suits. Track suits and, like, monk you know, robes. <laughs> like, yes. let's put them in something form-fitting that the ladies are going to like. <laughs>
1: yeah. This is basically a GQ fashion shoot at this point, <laughs> and it's working.
0: It is. Um, but yeah, that's all I have to say. I'm I'm eager to see what happens next week. Yes. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yes. All right, so it's a, it seems like we're wrapping up the discussion section, but you mentioned at the beginning of the episode that we have a new review this week. We
1: do. The username is Tim B the Third, and he wrote fantastic podcast about a fantastic series. I love these girls; their personalities are so great. I love their hate for the Bradley Whitford Glee ripoff show.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It all comes back around to the Fighting Temptations.
1: (laughs) It truly was a Shawshank Redemption.
0: Thank you, Tim. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, that's real sweet. We Thank you. We think you have a fantastic personality, too. <laughs> All
1: right. Until next time, I'm going to go
0: eat some nachos. All right. We'll see you next time, Ding Dongs. Knock, knock, on door. Knock, knock, on door. Knock not knock, knocking on heaven's door Knock not knock, knocking
1: on heaven's door Ooh. Um these are the best things humanity. Put your tape dicks on record.
0: <laughs> your tape dicks on record. What are we doing right? Now? I don't know. <laughs>